If I say no, will I get fired? If I say yes, when does it stop? Welcome back to Teacher Tales, where we follow one teacher fighting her way through career burnout to find work-life balance and educational bliss, if it still exists. On this episode of Teacher Tales, we learned that setting boundaries and saying no are essential to work-life balance. But first, another tale from your favorite teacher. Tegan Raines, a seasoned high school teacher, was known for her dedication to her students and her passion for creating an engaging learning environment. However, as the demands of teaching intensified, Tegan found herself at a crossroads, realizing the importance of maintaining a healthy work-life balance. One day, the school administration approached Tegan with an opportunity to lead a new initiative aimed at enhancing extracurricular activities. While the proposal was exciting, Tegan knew that accepting this responsibility would tip the delicate balance she had been striving to achieve between her professional and personal life. Understanding the importance of setting clear boundaries, Tegan took a thoughtful approach to declining the offer. In a meeting with the administration, she expressed gratitude for the opportunity and acknowledged the significance of the initiative. She then diplomatically explained, at this moment, she needed to focus on maintaining a healthy work-life balance to ensure sustained effectiveness in the classroom. However, she did wonder, how many no's can I give before my job's on the line? Tegan was careful to communicate her commitment to her current responsibilities while also emphasizing that she wanted to give her best to the students in her classroom. The administration, respecting her honesty and dedication, accepted her decision graciously, but how could she know for sure if there were any hard feelings against her for turning down such an assignment? Well, she wouldn't. Tegan's decision to say no was not just about preserving her work-life balance. It was a proactive measure to prevent burnout. She knew that taking on additional responsibilities could lead to exhaustion, diminishing her enthusiasm for teaching and potentially impacting the quality of her interactions with students. Think about it. Go with your gut. Be professional. This is how you say no to something you may or may not want to do. Have you ever had to say no in the workplace for my teachers out there? If you did, how did you feel afterwards? After conversations with colleagues, Tegan openly shared her decision, explaining her belief in the importance of maintaining a sustainable pace in the demanding field of education. Her willingness to discuss the challenges of preventing burnout resonated with others, as she thought they would, fostering a culture of open dialogue about the realities of the profession. Tegan's commitment to protecting her mental health became a catalyst for broader conversations within the school community. Tegan's leadership in this area not only had a positive impact on her colleagues, but also resonated with the administration because if the teachers are in a healthy place, the school environment would be in a healthy place as well. 
This prompted discussions about implementing policies that support teachers' mental health that, of course, ultimately went nowhere. Big surprise there. But the foundation was laid and things had changed for the better. In the end, Tegan's decision to say no became a powerful statement about the importance of work-life balance, preventing burnout, and protecting mental health in the teaching profession. Tegan's journey became a lesson, not just in the classroom, but also in the broader context of creating a healthy and sustainable educational environment. So, number one thing is how to say no. Definitely a difficult part of being in education because there are a lot of things that, I'll speak for myself, there are a lot of things that I like to do. I like to, you know, be around the students, be around my colleagues. I enjoy all of the things that I do in education. Well, most of them. I say most of them. Uh, but sometimes when you're asked to do things, you have this battle because you may want to do it. I may want to do it, but I just don't have time. Right. You got to juggle all of these different time commitments. So. It's important to know where you can have the most value. Uh, so for me, uh, obviously, I used to coach sports. I think I talked about that before. Well, for those of you who are new, I coached girls basketball for four years and I coached girls softball for two years. But then it just became too much of a time commitment for me to be at every practice, at every game. So I had to step back from coaching in order to create that work-life balance that we all so desperately seek to attain. Uh, so I had to do those things, but now I'm in the position where I can be helpful in those areas, but it's more on my time. So being able to say no, being in a position where you are not in those mandatory positions helps to be able to like uh, pick and choose when you want to be in a gym or you know be with the orchestra or however because most of the time if you've done a good job those other coaches and those other teachers and sponsors they could use all the help that they can get so if i am free and you know my coach says hey you know we're doing this in practice you know maybe you could come and give us a good look or maybe you could come and help train or any way you can be around. Now I'm able to say, well, yeah, let me look at my schedule. And then, yes, I can be there to give some extra hands. Uh, but sometimes it it hurts getting out of those things and saying no. And you can't you can't feel bad for it. You know, it's important to to balance them. And when you can say yes, then you should. You should say yes to the things that you're interested in, that you want to do. And the things that you just have no heart for, just just avoid them. And the best way to do that is to be professional. Uh, take some time. So if someone asks you to do something and you really don't know if you want to do it, if you, or if you just know that you don't, uh, just be professional and take some time. Say, um, let me get back to you. Let me think about it. Uh, let me see what I have going on. Let me look at my calendar. And let me check. Let me get back with you and get back with them at a reasonable time, of course. So 
being able to say no and knowing how to. Uh, right now, I just can't take on that responsibility. I know a lot comes with it. So I don't want to be in a position where I'm just letting you all down. So going at it from that way, I think is the best way to do it. And so we do all of this to number two, prevent burnout, because burnout is real. Uh, I had a discussion with another teacher about just COVID was the hardest time for me with burnout and just not feeling like myself because the, the surroundings weren't ideal. They weren't even good. We're not going to we're not even going to talk about ideal. They weren't even good. You know, so sometimes that burnout, it just creeps up on you and you just look up and mentally and physically, you're just not in the place in a good place, I'll say, because I feel like the best place is typically maybe about a month in to school for me because I've gotten all of that beginning of the year stuff out of the way. There's been a grading period. My kids pretty much know what to expect in class. So you kind of hit your groove like right around that month mark. But before that, it's just like a, it's a, I don't want to say a hassle. That's not good, but there's a lot going on. So you're trying to get the ducks in a row. You're trying to figure out the kids. You're trying to figure out your classroom and that kind of thing. So the first month is pretty uh, important to kind of check in with yourself each day, each week to prevent burnout. So that's one of those things that uh, is important. Also around the holidays, trying to make sure you're not overworking yourself before that break comes. And then in between semesters, those are also tricky times because, you know, you've been around your family, you probably partied and ate, but now, you know, it's time to go back. So making sure you're kind of checking in with yourself every so often, okay, how am I feeling? Uh, what are the things that are difficult for me right now? And then how do I get through them? And then having those people that you can talk to uh, to discuss, you know, your roles and responsibilities and setting limits and how you can avoid exhaustion and maintain and sustain that enthusiasm that that got you into teaching and that got me into teaching. And when you do those things, you can be the most effective. And then the last thing, number three, was protecting your mental health, which is encompassing all of these things, setting those boundaries, preventing burnout, all of those things go into your mental health. So being able to, again, have people to talk to, people who are going to encourage you and not just complain with you, uh, because complaining all the time is not good for your mental health either. So it's important to have some balance where you can have people to vent to, have people to talk to. And then the other thing outside of it is Having other things to do besides lesson planning, besides work, it's so important to have those those getaways. For me, that's playing sports. Now, outside of coaching basketball and softball, I like to play softball and basketball. So whenever I get the opportunity, you know, shout out to Coach Johnson, uh, where I can get in the gym and get, get a couple runs going, get the blood flowing, get some shots up, that is so important for me. And then joining the softball league is something I did over the summer and being able to just go out there and compete. And that competition really helps me to to maintain that mental focus. And and obviously, I got my wonderful wife and my son here at home. And of course, I've been to her, but I try to to maintain a level of, you know. Not venting, you know, because I don't want to bog her down with all of my issues at school, which 
honestly are, are minimal, you know, compared to many other teachers' stories. So I'm grateful for that. But having those outlets are very, very, very important to mental health. And then I don't bring any work home with me uh, outside of like grading periods and trying to get the grades in at the nine weeks and at the semester turn. Outside of that, I don't bring that work home. I try to just do it at work before I go pick my son up. So that's maybe like an hour, hour and a half after the bell rings. And whatever I can't get done at school, hey, it'll be there the next day when I get back. So number one, make sure you set your boundaries. Uh, Number two, make sure you're checking in with yourself to prevent burnout. And number three, make sure you're taking care of your mental health and just getting away from the work and having some fun stuff to do. So that is our episode for today. Of course, I'll have someone else on, another teacher, to talk about these things in detail. But until the next time, keep teaching, keep learning, and I will see you all in the next journey.